Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's episode uh, is a great topic. We dove into this idea, this philosophy called the 3% rule. So what we're trying to identify is we all know as salespeople, as business owners, even if you're not a salesperson, if you've worked at a company for any period of time, yep. you know how to answer someone's questions or facilitate you know, a sales process if someone is in the market and asking you about your product or service, right? So that is typically that 3%, that top 3% of the people that are in market and actively pursuing a solution. What we want to address on today's podcast and what we dove into is what about the other 97%? Should we market to them? How do we market to them? How do we get in front of them? And can we address all of them or are some people just not a good fit for our solution, our product or service? So we dove into that topic today and uh, hopefully you guys find some value in uh, what we discussed. All right, Taylor, we're back at it for another episode. Super excited. Uh, today we're talking about the 3% rule, right? So I'll kind of do a quick interest. I want to make sure I understand. The 3% rule is the people that when you're marketing actively, the people that you convert, you know, into your funnels, your sales process, whatever, of the market share is three percent. We're going to talk about that and what that is, and so much more. Does that, yeah, kind of help you understand? Uh, kind of, yeah. So the idea is that when you look at your total addressable market, right? So a lot of people love to say like we're in a fifty billion dollar industry or whatever. Yeah, or hundred. You have to understand, okay, who is your ideal customer profile? We've talked about that in, in other episodes. So if you haven't identified who your ideal customer profile is, I recommend you know going back and listening to that or looking online and trying to figure out, okay, yes, there's a lot of people that we could service, whatever your business is, but you have to figure out who is actually a good fit for that. So within your ideal customer profile, we also have to understand that not all of them are actively looking for a solution, right? right? They may not even be aware that they need a solution. They may not even ever like consider hiring an outside firm or vendor or whatever it is that you do, right? Whatever sure. you do as a business, you're providing some sort of value to other companies. They may do it in-house. They may not see it as a value. So how do we then break that segment down and how do we reach our growth goals from a, a numbers-driven approach, right? So the 3% rule is essentially stating that only 3% of your audience who you've identified as a ideal customer profile is actively searching for a product, your product or solution and intends to make a decision, right? So those are what you would identify, whether you're a business owner, a marketer, a salesperson, those are your, your hot leads, right? And I think, funnel. Right. And I think everyone, if you're in business today, everyone knows how to handle that lead, right? You sell, you know, you own a roofing company, right? My roof got destroyed in a hurricane. I call you and say, I need a roofing estimate. You can't mess that up, right? You know how to handle that. You know how to give me an assessment. You know how to give me options. You know how to give me pricing. You know how to close the deal. Yep. Every business owner in any industry understands that. But what we also need to understand is that's only 3% of what you've identified as your ideal customer profile or as your target market. So what's the rest of it? So we've seen statistically that actually only another 7% are even in the market at all. So there's about 10% total of your target market is actively at any given time in the market. The difference between the 3% and the other 7% is that other 7%, they've talked about it, they've identified it as a problem, but they haven't proactively 
you know, gone out and searched for a solution. Maybe they had conversations with their colleagues or you know, posted something on LinkedIn and said, hey, does anybody know a you know, good SEO vendor? But they haven't, or a roofing yeah, they haven't <laughs> gone to Google and they haven't really started that process. So typically what we see from most companies, even you know, growth-oriented companies that are doing a good job of capturing this, they're focused on that top 10%. So they're capturing the existing demand. Someone goes to Google, they search, you know, we're investing money into Google AdWords or we're trying to optimize our website for organic search. So we're trying to capture that top 3%. How we account for that other 7% is we're doing outreach, right? We have a sales team, we're doing cold emails, cold outreach. And that's really just a numbers game of, hey, we're going to email everybody, we're going to call everybody. And we, we know think that is a persona based. Yeah, exactly. And we market. know that based on that, you know, roughly 7% of those people are going to, you know what? I was thinking about hiring a vendor for X, Y, and Z. Tell me what you got. Right. So we've all had those conversations. You know, you're going to call reach, you're going to fail 93% of the time. That's just the numbers that we're in. So what we want to identify today when we talk about the 3% rule is yes, we know how to sell to that top 3%. We know how to handle those leads. Really, we know how to get those leads as well in terms of SEO, PPC. Right. What we want to look at is what does the rest of that market look like? So now there's so, another 90%. Right. So it's three, seven, 10. 10 mm-hmm. is what we just talked about. Yeah. So we keep it simple 10. here. Yeah, exactly. We've addressed the top 10%. How do we then, or should we market to the other 90%? So the way that we look at it and the way that we found is that the other 90% can also be broken up into thirds. So about 30% of those people do have a need or do have a pain point, but they either don't realize that it's a big enough pain point or they're not aware of a a possible solution. So they haven't searched for anything. They haven't started that vendor selection process. Another 30%, the other third, don't have a need right now, a timing game, right? So they don't have a need right now, but they could in the future. Sure. The final bottom 30% that we've seen is that for whatever reason, those people are not in the market. They're never going to be in the market. They have a partner, whatever. They're just not a good fit, right? So again, you're never going to capture the full ninety or the full hundred percent of your market. target market. So when we look at that, right? So we said three percent actively Very in the market hot. searching, seven percent in the market haven't yet started. Then there's another thirty percent of they have a need. You know, we talk about the idea of like problem aware versus solution aware. I would say these people are problem aware. 30% of the people are aware that they have an issue, but they don't know how to maybe put their finger on it or they can't articulate exactly what the issue is or they might not even be aware that whatever your solution is exists, so they're not actively searching. Then there's another 30% that fit your ideal customer profile, right? If you say, hey, we go after healthcare systems that are 1,000 employees you know, or more and have you know X number in revenue, they might fit check all those boxes, but they just signed a two-year contract, right? So again, do we market to those people or or do we not? And then the bottom 30% is not a fit. Right. So you break that down, obviously it adds up to 100%. <clears throat> Basically, you have 70% that we can market to uh, and 30% that we cannot. So really the missing piece of this equation, right? And if this is too complicated, hopefully our graphics department we're, can yeah. pull up uh, some graphics here. <laughs> but what we're talking about is now 60% chunk, right? We're, sure. Most companies are accounting for the top 10%. There's another 60% that goes unaccounted for. People that, are, that do have a need or could have a need in the future. So the most sustainable companies, the companies that win on the long game, yep. they address that 60% and probably spend more time on that 60%. 
Because if you think about it, in theory, the more you can educate and market to those people who could be a fit in the future or are a fit but don't necessarily know, that's a much bigger chunk than the, the people 3%. who eventually go to that 3% and actively search. So what you're trying to do is get in front of them, educate them on both the problem and your solution far ahead of the time that they're actually in the market so that by the time they are in the market, you're the first company, you're the first salesperson, you're the first whatever that they're going to reach out to because they know you, they trust you, they've heard of you, you've been educating them for you know six months, maybe six years, depending on your, your sales cycle. So that's what we want to talk about today and how we actually reach that market. Let me ask you a question. So why don't people actually think like this? Why is everybody so hung-ho on, yeah. oh my God, my 3% and I need to my, my get my leads and you know what I mean? I need to get sales tomorrow. My quarter, my Q3 just ended. I need, you know, my Q4 needs to be better. Yeah. They never even think about the 7%. They're not even thinking about the 7 They're thinking about the 3 Right. And a lot of people, like you said, it's either the 3 or the 7 yeah. A lot of companies don't go for both, right? So we've seen it where even managing an AdWords campaign or investing in SEO is, is too much of a risk because, hey, we're just, we're cold calling people and we know our numbers. And if we, you know, cold call 100 people, we're going to get too seven people on the phone and yeah. then we're going to get, you know, two go to proposal and we're going to close one out of every you know, two that goes through, right? So it takes a hundred phone calls to make one sale and we know it's profitable. Cold calling in 2020. Right? I don't know what to tell you. So so to answer your question is like the fear of the unknown, probably more realistically, what I've seen is that we live in a very instant gratification type Absolutely. world. Uh, the other thing is that it not only does it take time, it is also a bit of a risk, right? Because if you're doing something today that works, it's hard to say, let's go against that. Or let's add to that. A lot of people want to double down on what's working rather than invest into something that's maybe a little bit completely foreign or long-term. way long-term top of the funnel, right? So I think those two things combined is that you see success in that small pool. And so you want to play in that same pool. And at the same time, it's you know going into it that the intent is not to get sales this quarter, like you said. It's to get sales next year or two years from now. So that's a lot of times hard to sell internally. Yeah, no, it's the reality. I think mm-hmm. the companies are wired to have instant gratification and it's it's do or die. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to create content for somebody someday wanting to need it, you know, right. this information. This, I think it's a more of a bigger right. organizational <laughs> challenge. It is. And I think along those same lines, organizations have bought into the wrong metrics. That's uh, right. And so I like that. Yeah, because you can't measure this. If we're talking about marketing to the other 70 or 60, 60%, right? Rather than the top 10%, you have to measure different than you would a, a direct response type, you know, AdWords performance marketing campaign, right? Google ads, you're looking at, okay, how many leads did we get, right? And so if you measure a post on LinkedIn or a podcast the same way, you know, it's going to get shot down after the first two episodes. Correct. <laughs> you know, if we said you how many... Convert. How many leads, how much, if we did an online calculation on this podcast that we do right now right. after the first 10 episodes, we would say, hey, stop spending money on all this equipment. Stop, you know, spending your time. It's two of us, you know, we're right. spending an hour doing this plus the setup, the takedown. It doesn't make short-term success with those same metrics that you're looking at a Google AdWords campaign, right? right. Sales, any other sales Yeah, efforts. you would say the same thing. It's like, you know, okay, I'm a salesperson. Why would I go and create this piece of, video content that I'm going to then upload to YouTube and then hope that, you know, someone in my market finds it and then calls me two years later 
where I could just hit the phones right now and get some sales. But if you hit the phones right now and you do that forever, then that's what you're going to be doing forever is you're always going to be hitting the phones, right? So the question is, how do we get our phone to ring? And that's what we need to do to market to the rest of it. All right, let's talk about how do we make the phone ring? Yeah. Let's make that the podcast title. (laughs) Sure, sure. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, all right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, Maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. So the idea is, okay, we look at those two 30% chunks that we talked about. They either have a need and they don't know it, or they don't have a need at the time. So it's a timing issue. Sure. So how do we reach that? It's not the same messaging as you would get somebody who is actively searching because they're not actively searching. So you have to understand the intent, right? So where are we going to market? Are you going to market with the same channels, Google AdWords or bottom of the funnel SEO type search? No. You're going to try to address the issues that you have highlight those pain points. You need to put yourself in the position of whoever your buyer is. What is their job, right? And how do you make their job easier? How do you address their goals, their challenges, their pain points within your messaging? And how does your solution do that? And then where do they, essentially, where do they hang out, right? Where do they get their information? And that's where you need to create the messaging that aligns with their pain points and then distribute that wherever they would be. So if you're targeting you know, CEOs or directors of sales or director of marketing, whatever that may be, you may need to create uh, webinars. You may need to be creating podcasts, blog posts that are more research related about how they can, you know, help them give the tools for them to succeed. It could be guides. It could be anything that's valuable to them that we're not really asking for anything in return. We're just going to continue to educate them. So this also kind of disproves the idea of like a traditional brand awareness. Like we're not just talking about buying a bunch of display ads that have your brand name on them because that tells me nothing about what you do and it provides no value to me. So I'm not going to remember it. So you have to understand your- We also see 3000 marketing messages a day. So no one's going to remember a logo. Exactly. So you need to understand your buyers and what their job is and how you can make their job better. And then you need to provide them like ancillary- valuable information around that. It doesn't always have to even be directly related to your product, just directly related to your customer, if that makes sense. So that's where you need to focus your time and effort in creating valuable content. Become a knowledge center, become a resource. Your website, your YouTube channel, your podcast should all be the go-to place for you know, persona A, if they're trying to do their job better, they're going to go check out your website. They're going to go to your YouTube channel. They're going to go to your podcast. Because when time does come where, you know, guess what? Your target market was, you know, a thousand employees and a hundred million dollars in revenue, or 10, let's say your target market was $10 million in revenue. 
you know, six years ago, maybe they were at 5 million or 8 million. Now they used your free tools, free resources, information you've given them. They've got to the point where now they are $10 million in revenue or they're nine and they're about to be 10. Guess where they're going to go? They're going to reach out to you right away. They're going to go to Google and then search for solution X, Y, or Z because they've been following your protocol, your information the whole way. You're going to be the first one to reach out. And most people, again, seems like such a long-term strategy and such an overwhelming amount of work just to get that one scenario that might happen. Right. But you have to remember, you're doing all this work just to get the 3%, right? Majority of the leads you're dealing with is just that 3% that are in the market, ready to go. You know, we don't want to deal with tire kickers, right? We just want the people who are ready to sign on the dotted line. Sounds like a client. Yeah, this is the the, way to account for the other 90%, essentially, 60% that's reasonably going to be a client or could be a client at some point. Account for that other 60% without actually talking to each one of them. You can do it at scale. You can do it through automation. It does take a lot of work, but the volume of leads and the quality of leads is going to be so much higher in the long term. And again, you're educating them. Yeah. You are the person that tells them what kind of roof that you have and what do you need? And here's the first thing to do after the hurricane. Call your insurance company and call me or do you see what I'm saying? So I feel like anytime you teach, they're automatically bought into your program because again, you're helping them mm-hmm. understand what they don't know. Yeah. And people, you know, say all the time is like, well, do we give away this information for free because it's so valuable? To me, that's exactly the type of information you could you should give away because someone else is going to do it. And so they're going to be the it's one. It's already that, there. Yeah. yeah they're you gonna probably can search and you can see companies that are already providing that. So they need to outdo that, right? right? They need to kind of take it to the next level. Yeah, make it easier to understand, to digest make it i mean the reason that there are so many courses out there right is for the exact reason is let's identify the problem let's paint the picture and bring these people through this course so that they can go from where they are today point a to here where you want to be point b and a lot of times point b is now where you're qualified to be my customer right right and so if i can get you to go through this course and now you're ready to be a customer think about how many more people you can bring through that and how many of those people are just skipping that point where we talked about it, the three percent they're going to go to Google. They're going to ask their friends for referrals and ask their network for, you know, who they use as a vendor. We're going to eliminate that part of the process altogether because we're getting in front of them much earlier on in the, in the process, in the buyer's journey. So it's a mindset shift for executives. Um, yeah. For business owners, you have to look at it long-term. Um, How long is long? I always ask this. <laughs> I mean, it's probably different for everyone, but like, how long do you want to be in business? You know what I mean? Like, if I said something is going to take you 10 years, 10 years, you would say, okay, it's too long. Right. But if you plan on being in business for 10 years, then you would have said, I wish we would have started doing this 10 years ago. Absolutely. I love that. It's kind of like, when was the best time to plant a tree? (laughs) Right. So I, I think if you realistically, you do have to have some goals in place of like, okay, what are our expectations here with some of the marketing, some of the content? I would say you might want to look at more like a two-year plan. Again, this is just speaking in generalities, but at the same time, I mean, I gave the example of our own podcast, right? Like our intention with this podcast is not to get customers. Like we're not expecting that every time we put a podcast out, someone's going to pick up the phone and be like, I need to work with those guys and call, but it has happened. So the goal is to educate people long-term is to build a brand to- I want people to do better marketing as a result of listening to our podcast and be more educated and they can become better marketers even if they didn't work with me. Right. 
That would make well, me happy. And that, and you have to look at that too. For well, for us, I mean that that helps because we want the industry as a whole to be more educated. Correct. We want our competitors even to be better at marketing Absolutely. because you don't want to be in a situation. We give the roofing example, right? It's like yep. you don't want to give a roofing quote and say, "Hey, this is a thirty thousand dollar roof," and your competitor says, "I'll do it for five thousand." Like right. there's such a big gap there. You would say those guys don't know what they're doing. Correct. They're gonna not fix your issue. Like it's so black and white in that scenario, but it happens right. in other industries. Ours included. So I would like everyone to understand how much a roof costs, how it right. works, when you need to replace it, when you don't, what when you need to you know what just patch something mean? up, right. what materials should you use, how your local climate or weather would impact what type of roof you need, all those kind of things. How what is the sort of depreciation on the roof of like if I buy a new roof now, does that improve the value of my house if I'm gonna sell in the next five years? Wouldn't you want all of your customers to understand that and then right. they reach out to you? Because now they're so much more educated and you taught them. Now they trust you, right? Because what you're doing, we're talking about education, but what happens when you educate someone? You're building a relationship with them. Because right. the hardest part about doing business with someone is in a short amount of time, you have to build trust. At the end of the day, no matter what you're buying, selling, they have to trust that you're going to promise on what you delivered. So the more you can educate them and the more they learn from you, and then they try to, you talk about marketing, right? We give someone a tip on increasing your open rates on your emails. They implemented it, it worked. Guess what? Now the next thing that we try to tell them, right. they're going to believe that what we're saying is true. And by the time they need a really big project done or they really need help with resources, they're going to come to us because they've already implemented some of our small tactics and it's been beneficial to them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the best customers are the most educated ones that you can get because of the fact that you practically don't have to teach them right. anything. It's let's get to work. Mm -hmm. You know, and I get on those calls where they're like, hey, you know exactly what to do. Right. Because I've heard you say that. I'm like, you're right. And I'm glad you paid attention to what I said. Because at this point, it's not even a sales conversation. It's simply, when are we getting started? Yep. You know, and so it can happen to other people as well. Because like we put out a lot of content here. It isn't like you and said. And we're in a too, very crowded marketplace. I mean, yeah. And, 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 and we believe that the pie only gets bigger, right? Because as people are moving from traditional to digital and within digital, they don't see traction because of the highly competitive nature of what, what it is. Sometimes it's very difficult to find traction. So they have to find the right partner that makes sense for their business. So again, this is a farming exercise. This is, you know, a marathon. We don't think of it all as a sprint. So yeah. Yeah. I'm going after the 60%. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. So let's, <laughs> let's recap this in terms of what, okay. what we learned, right? So we call it the 3% rule because that's really the 3% is the people who are in market and they're, they have a need and they're also in market actively searching. So right? every deal that anyone has closed in Q3 most, was a 3%. Within the, the 3 not that they got yeah. all of the 3%, it's a small, tiny piece of right. the 3%. The people who are looking to make a purchase decision in the next 30 to 90 days is only 3% of the market is what we're saying. So- the other 7% is very close behind, but you probably have to outreach to them to get them. So if you're doing some sort of sales outreach, you may be addressing that piece. But again, identifying that 7% and reaching that 7% is a completely different thing, right? Right. Uh, so then now we look at that top 10%. So what we're trying to say is that if you want to build a long-term sustainable organization where, like you said, take that sound, you know, sound bite and pull it to the end of this is how do we make the phone ring? Right. That is the companies that address that bottom 90%. Within that bottom 90%, we have to be realistic and say that even 30% of those people might never be a customer. And that's okay. They can read your content. Sure, it doesn't matter. 
but there's still 60%, which is, you know, six times what you're, <laughs> right. what you're marketing to today. So what we're talking about is opening up that net a lot wider. And the way to address that is by becoming a well-known authority in your space, a trusted authority, uh, which happens by creating relevant and educational content and distributing that content to channels that your customers are going to consume it in a format that they can consume and understand. And the more you do that, the better that you do that, the better you articulate the problems, the challenges, solutions, the more they're going to trust you, the more the value they're going to find. Really, the faster they're probably going to be brought along in that sales process because they're going to start to identify that, hey, I actually probably do have a problem. Uh, so hope that would help speed that sales process up when you ask, like, how long is long term? Probably the better that you do at that, the shorter that sales cycle becomes. But in general, what you're trying to do, whether that's one month from now or one year from now or 10 years from now, is that when that 30%, that 60% does become in the market, they go directly to you. That's what you're trying to avoid. You're trying to eliminate the competition from that equation, bring them to you, and then you can decide or define who's a good fit and how you're going to deal with them. But that's all you're trying to do. Yeah, and while it might be a long-term game, I think the return on that investment is going to be significantly more than anybody can imagine. Yeah, definitely. And again, I, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles that is standing in the way is like digital marketing is so metric-driven and so trackable that yeah. there's a fear of things that if we don't know how to measure it. We're afraid to do it and to invest into it. But the, again, those are going to be the companies that win. And like you said, the, the ROI is going to be astronomical, right? It's like you can't you say at the beginning, I hope we have a 10,000 times ROI. Right. But you may, depending on what you're selling, it's just it, you you have to account for it different. People don't make linear buying decisions. It's not a, I went to Google, clicked on an ad, filled out a form, download an ebook, then and I became call. a customer. I mean, it's could be 50, 60 touch points with your brand aside from touch other points brands. with other brands. So the more touch points, the more that conversation you can control faster that sales cycle, the more educated customer you're going to have, the stickier that your brand's going to be and the stickier that your customers are going to be. And the more you can learn about your customers, which ultimately helps you provide a better solution as well. Awesome. So where can they go to learn more information, Taylor? Uh, well, go to our website for one, oneims.com. We have tons of resources on there following kind of what we're talking about here is yep. creating educational content. Go to our blog, subscribe, like our podcast if you found value in here. Send us a, a message or a comment on future topics that you'd like to hear. And of course, subscribe to the podcast to learn more about these types of marketing initiatives in the future. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you can do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers. Head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.